0: Hello Vlad here, welcome to Cat Pick Friday's Season 2, Episode 2, I think this is 24th episode, unless I'm messing up the episode count, something like that. By the way, that episode count, I don't think, includes the summer episode, so who knows? Season 2, Episode 2, that's how it goes. Rich is here again, as always. Yay, so, Every up? week.
1: Every week? I'm good. It's been a busy week, you know, when you come back from holiday and then try to work. And have to get up. It's yep. kind of hard, but you know. Especially Otherwise, the all getting good. up part. What about part, you? I'd
0: say. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. Yeah, the getting up part. It's been getting way better this week because this is my this is my second week. So, it, yeah, it's getting better. I uh, actually like uh, started taking what what is called melatonin. Is that how it's in English? Melatonin. Yeah, to help yeah. you
1: sleep. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: it's like. It doesn't like put me to sleep in that sense, but I have slept better. Like couple, couple of nights or a like, couple of mornings, I woke up like feeling like fresh and hitting the microphone and stuff like that. Uh, I don't <coughs> sleep with a microphone next to me; that would be weird. But I just hit the microphone as you may may have heard. But yeah, that that has helped, and this week has actually been like fairly effective. Last week was like. Yeah, I'll wake up at 7 a.m., then I, like, I'm eating breakfast at like 9.30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was the reality. Yeah, good but, luck with that. I mean, I, I always
1: find it yeah. hard to come back from holiday. And also working at home is much more difficult because it's like you don't have to yeah. go anywhere for a certain time. So you find yourself on the couch watching, you know, YouTube or whatever, and suddenly it's yeah. 10 o'clock and you're like, ah, I got a meeting right now. Or whatever. That did not happen this morning, by the way, just just so you know. I was very efficient this morning. I'd already been doing a little bit of work before we got on this this call, so that's good. And just about melatonin, by the way, that's something yeah. that in Germany and in the UK as well is only quite recently sort of legal to take. It was not what? sold by pharmacies for quite a long time. And I remember that you could buy it in America always. And so there would always be people here at home who would say to the people who were going to the Nam show, can you buy me some melatonin, please, and bring it back. So people would be bringing back loads of this help you sleep spray for people to take. It was really cool. But now everyone what? can buy melatonin. So well, I've got to try well, like,
0: some. We, we can buy those in a grocery store. Like Finland is very controlled when it comes to any drugs. But that thing you can buy from like a grocery store. Without the recipe or anything, weird. It's like weird. A bad, yeah, that's like... A,
1: it's a relatively recent thing here, as far as I understand. Interesting. Perhaps and I've been lied like to. Nat-
0: Yeah, it's like a. Perhaps natural people were just telling just... me,
1: like, "Can you go to America <laughs> and buy me melatonin because I can't be bothered to go to the local store? <laughs> <laughs> you fly halfway around the world for two weeks and bring me back a nice big packet of the American stuff. Maybe the American weird. stuff is stronger. I don't know. But anyway, we're we're digressing. <laughs> yeah. Really weird. And this show is not but sponsored by melatonin.
0: No, would is, be is that it a brand? I think that's just the name of the drug. But yeah, okay. that has helped. them. Like, yeah. Also, I think yeah, if yeah, you I had a, pod,
1: f- a podcast where the slogan was, this podcast will put you to sleep with melatonin, I think that's probably not the best advertisement for a, a talk show, is it?
0: Yeah, I think like even, even if you remove the word melatonin from the end of the sentence, this podcast will put you to sleep. <laughs> I I I guess I mean we'd probably get like great list like average listening time because people would fall asleep around like ten minute mark and then just keep keep listening while they sleep. Oh that would be great. We don't Before mind sleep and just, just listen to the whole thing. Yeah, just place all the important ads and everything at the very beginning and then you're <laughs> like <laughs> maybe that's our career. Guitar's a good idea. Put put you to Season sleep three. Or something like that. <laughs> So there's that. Uh, what else? Uh, I wanted to say something, but I'm forgetting. Oh, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff this week. And before we jump into, which is, I guess, technically news, maybe news. Uh, let's jump to recent happenings and talk about some new gear that arrived just very, very recently. Let's see if I can run this thing properly. Oh, look, it actually worked. Yeah, as I mentioned, bunch of fun new stuff here. Uh, oh, let's try this one so you can still, st- still see Rich. Uh, first thing I got was earlier this week, today's Thursday, when we're recording. So yeah, I got myself a reamping box. Like mm-hmm. I've been using some other products or just running like a line out cable from my audio interface into my pedals to do that before. But only like, recently I realized that, okay, maybe this isn't actually working that well. I was getting a lot of noise issues. Uh, and basically, uh, when you run a line out, the impedance is very different than what's coming out of the guitar. And it just affects the tone quite a bit. So I got myself a Radial Reamp Pro Reamp Studio Reamp Box. This is a passive box. And yeah, it doesn't need a power supply or anything like that. Very simple. There's an input and like an XLR input. There's a ground lift switch on the other side. And on the other side there's just the output. And then there's a volume control. Like output level control as well. And I'm working on a cover that should be out very soon. Or might be out by the time this episode airs. Or like a day two before or after this episode airs. And yeah. So far so good. Really impressed with this thing. Cost me I think 110 euros. So, okay. A little bit of money for a product that seems very boring, but this is going to make my life much much easier. Feels super solid by the way and made in Canada. So, yeah, radial cool. is one
1: of the industry standards, isn't it, for reamping boxes. Actually, the, think so, the first yes. person I saw using it was our mutual friend Jack Fliegler from Toxic mm. Eternity because yeah, when you guys came over to Hughes and Ketner when I was still working there to do the Spirit Con, videos jack brought his radial reamping box to reamp his sounds because he thought it would be necessary and in the end it wasn't necessary whatsoever but that was my first time seeing one getting used in a studio context and it's like you say they're not the most glamorous tool you could easily spend a hundred euros on many thousands of different overdrive pedals instead but especially (laughs) if you're into production if you've got a studio if you've got guitar tones that you're not happy with the option to use a reamping pedal it's very very useful indeed
0: yeah definitely like it's uh, like learning how to reamp has been the key of making my videos more complex and like contain more more music without like crazily increasing the like workload i can reuse the same track again and put them through different drive pedals stuff like that then it like Create comparisons where, like, the guitar take stays exactly the same, and then I can run it through five different overdrives or delays or whatever I want to do. And yeah. I think that's just a killer way to try them out. Makes a lot of sense to me. So, yeah, boring but very useful purchase. <laughs> I'm Yeah, gonna say exactly. It. Yeah. This is in no way sponsored by Radial, but or Radial, by the way, because I have no like association with them. Just went to a store and they had this one and I knew it's going to be good. So, But there is also some sponsored stuff because uh, where's the button? There it is. NUX sent me these babies. Ooh. This is more sponsored content, I guess. Uh, it's, it's, I'm trying to put those on camera. So the two things they sent was the NUX uh, Ace of Tone Dual Overdrive and the Newx Fireman. Man, distortion pedal. Both are these kind of dual overdrives uh, slash distortion pedals. The yeah. Ace of Tone goes for like this. I think there's something on their website that kind of refers to me that one side is maybe like a JHS Morning Glory or something like that. It's kind of clone ish type of sound. And the other one uh, might it be, I'm not sure, it might be like a. TS-type thing, or maybe something else that I'm forgetting right now. But they're basically two like kind of low-gain, mid-gain overdrives in this one. And there's a switch on the back where you can have run it at 9 volts or 18 volts, which is really cool. So, like, at 18 volts, you would have more headroom. There's an input-output. There's an external switch, so you can switch this remotely if you want to. And, yeah, this kind of... Oh, this was like a fat slash... Shine switch. I'm not 100% Fatal sure what it shine does yet. Switch. Yeah. So that yeah. sounds
1: really interesting. Uh, the name Ace of Tone to me suggests that this is a King of Tone clone. That is, that's true. I'm just heading over to the new X website right now to take a look. So, yeah, classic dual overdrive in a what size enclosure would you call that? It's similar to like the smaller Strymons, isn't it? Like the Strymon D yeah, sort of it's, a size.
0: It's, yeah, it's very very similar to that size-wise. So like one and a half regular overdrives. I'd ah, say. if you
1: look at the if you look at the new X website, you can see they've actually they've showed us exactly what they're going for on on the one side <laughs> you can see there's there's a picture of the Ace of Tone and behind it on each side you can see two bl- pedals which are kind of blurred out and one of them is the Marshall Bluesbreaker. So, yeah, the ah. JHS Morning Glory. And the other one is an old-school Ibanez Tube Screamer, a TS9. So, that's what it is. Also, it's a blues breaker and a Tube Screamer in one box, which is a pretty awesome combination, uh. if you ask me.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, there's yeah, so there's that. And I haven't plugged this in yet. Excited to hear how it sounds. Uh, These Verjica series pedals from New York feel very, very solid. They're like... I think my first product they sent to me was uh, the Solid Studio. So like this dual-sized, like this-sized pedal with amp simulation and stuff like that. And that thing felt really solid. This, like, all the foot switches and stuff like that feel really, really good. Like, this feels like a high-quality product, and it retails at, like, I don't know, 100 and something. That's cool.
1: What What it reminds me the most of is the JHS Double Barrel which is ah, that's true basically the JHS Morning Glory and the JHS ah whatever the JHS Tube Screamer pedal is called
0: so there's so many versions that i don't know yeah i can't there's remember a tube is it dream called dream the, the i think it's ah uh, might be no is Or something that? i'm yeah, not sure but anyway is, it's uh, yeah i think it's uh jam pedals not not JHS
1: ah yeah yeah but what I like about this new X as well is, yeah, you've got the two overdrives, you've got a, a level, a tone, and a drive control for each, but I really like the fact that they've also got a, a routing toggle switch, so I guess you can yeah. choose which one comes first in the chain. So you can run the uh, the Tube Screamer into the Blues Breaker or the Blues Breaker into the Tube Screamer. So I think that's yeah. really cool. It gives you an extra level of versatility. Looks like a fun pedal. I would like to know how yeah. much it costs. I think it's 340
0: on euros maybe. I think 140 or just 40. 140. There's also like for true purists, there's a a switch on the back that allows you to toggle between buffered bypass and true bypass. Interesting. So if you want your true tone, you can have that. Well, that sounds
1: pretty exciting. I'd like to try that too.
0: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I'm going to plug it in over the next some days and give it a try so exciting times yeah the next one is the new X fireman and (laughs) (laughs) well they're not actually like subtle about Mm -hmm. it it's when you go to the website you can see it's like a friedman (laughs) amplifier yeah
1: i'm looking at their website right now
0: yeah yeah, my guess is that they go for the beod drive yeah the deluxe
1: version exactly with with two sides
0: And yeah, if you look at the UX
1: website, there is literally an amplifier which looks suspiciously <laughs> like a Friedman, but it's called the Fireman, HPE.
0: So <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: it's great. I true. like it a lot.
0: Yeah, so there's that. And this, again, retails for 100 and something euros, so not that expensive. Yeah, and not too bad at
1: all. And, yeah, they call it a dual-channel brown sound in a box, yeah. so it's doing exactly that kind of thing this this is probably exactly like the the Friedman B overdrive deluxe so you've got just two channels of the same drive independent gain controls I assume independent
0: EQs independent yeah. volumes and that's about it yep nice and s- simple and again there's a, a 9 volt and 18 volt versions uh, true bypass ah, yeah. uh, buffered bypass stuff like that So that's cool and uh, again, feels very, very solid. And actually, like, there's something... Uh, there's a video I'll be working on... Fa- or like, a song I'll start working on fairly soon where I actually like, kind of might want to have this sound. So, well-timed Newex, well-timed. <laughs> are and, these brand-new yeah. pedals? I think these they are. Again, like, there's a huge shortage of like chips and stuff like that all over yeah. the world. And yeah. I think that's why like these things haven't hit the store at the volume they should or could so yeah there's a few demos out but like it was pretty difficult to find either of these at any store right now
1: yeah i was gonna say i've never seen them i've never even heard of them i've never seen them mentioned on any (coughs) of the websites or anything like that so that's why I'm assuming that they're brand new. But, yeah, very excited to hear what you come up with and to see those videos. So, you know, chop, chop, get making them, please. We're all excited to see what sounds you're going to make.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, like, next week, well, I, I, a tease. What I have planned for next week uh, is a video that you're going to love because, okay, are for everyone who is watching slash listening the show next week's Video, besides Cat Week Fridays, will be my top three budget overdrives that actually work well in the studio. That's probably not the f- whole mm. title, but I got a few on my board that I actually used all the time. And they are all under, I think,
1: $60. I know one of them off the top of my head. I'm not going to uh, say it you because, probably because know I don't want to spoil it.
0: it. I'm going to say you know all three of them, but...
1: Yeah, I probably do. It's a good Seeing title. As we discussed our favorite pedals many times before on the show. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You you gotta get the clicks. So that's the title. But all the ped- like, if you're a long time viewer, you might know all of these pedals. But yep, bunch of free going going to happen next week as again. So that's actually like very cool because I can use exactly the same guitar take and just run it through three different pedals, and. See how they sound. Should be fun. Uh, But let's move on. There's actually a little bit of gear news happening. Uh, I feel like when we did the summer wrap-up, we kind of uh, lost a lot of the... Or like, not much has happened since. But one thing we missed last week was Fender Tone Master Super Reverb. Uh, Let's have it here on the screen as well. Uh, and that was
1: a big thing to miss because it's a huge yeah. amplifier.
0: It's a 4 yes. by 10 <laughs> Literally and <laughs> figuratively as well. <laughs> yeah. The fo- f- uh, first of all, if you don't know what the fan Tone Master range is, it's basically the... It looks like a amp, but it has like digital things inside. Uh, it doesn't have tubes. No, it ha- doesn't have tubes at all. It's like... Fender has modeled their own amps, Basically, uh, the idea is to create an amp that looks like a real Fender in every sense, but it's lightweight, has some cool digital wizardry as well in it, and apparently the like response for these has been great. And this is, I think, this is the third amp in the range. So there's the was Deluxe Reverb that I put out first. And then there's a twin, yep, and now there's exactly, a yep. Super Reverb, which is a freaking 4x10 combo. But because it ha- it's a digital one, it only weighs 16.33 kilos, which is something in pounds. But 16 is very manageable for a big combo like that.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's yeah. a solid pine enclosure as well. So would you consider that with all the speakers in yeah. it as well? It's... It's a very, very nice thing to be carrying from your car into the gig in one hand, pretty much. Yeah. The The thing that I've been seeing a lot on the forums that I read about these amps, people are very divided on them, and some people absolutely love them, and some people don't. And that, that's kind of normal, but these really seem to be divisive. And the one thing that mm. lots of detractors seem to be saying is that these <coughs> Tone Master amps, they're like a modeling amp, but they only have one model. Yeah. You know? And I kind of understand that, yes. But I don't think these are aimed at people who want, you know, a quad cortex or a Kemper <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I think they're aimed at people who want to have a genuine Fender amplifier. They know and love the old Volvo tone amps. Sorry, tube amps of your. They want to have them. They want to have those sounds. They want to have those experiences. But they don't want to have the ear-splitting, neighbor-angering volume levels. They don't want to have amps that weigh 30, 40 kilograms. And they want also the option to be able to play it at a low level and plug it into their computer as well to record. They want a Fender amp in 21st century stylings. And for me, that's exactly what these are. And I will yeah. say that I haven't played any of them yet, but I also can't wait to try them out, especially this one because four by ten amps are quite rare anyway, and this one is probably going to have a massive girthy sound to it, and yeah, exciting, exciting. Yeah, well yeah, done, the Fender thing is, like, for doing for, it.
0: Yeah, like this is one of the few like digital amp things where I'm like really on board as like from the idea standpoint already, though like. Based on the few videos I've seen, there's been a few things that, like, uh, they... Like, some of the drive pedals, I think, with the Deluxe Reverb they put out first, like, didn't sound good. There was, like, something going on with the modeling where it wasn't that good. But apparently, like, I think I saw Phil McKnight's video, like, after, like, the first big update to one of those amps, and it just got way better after that. And that's the cool thing. Like, they might not get everything right the first time, but you can update the amp because... It has like digital brain in there. So yeah, that's cool. And exactly. also, I think like 4 x 12 by 10 is incredibly unpractical. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it must sound like amazing because it's such a huge amp. But yeah, as you mentioned, like carrying that around ain't going to happen. Not with my back at least. Because that thing <laughs> would probably be like 40, 50 kilos easily. And this is 16 kilos. And you can actually dial it to 0.5 watts if you want to. So, yeah, exactly. For, for and, the, yeah. and run an XLR from it as well with caps.: Yeah,
1: so, so it's perfect for home use, for studio use. And I've also heard people saying that they've played it alongside originals, al- alongside tube amps as well. And this is a range of amps that sounds and also feels like you're playing the real thing. Uh, Those are obviously Fender fans who are saying that, and I haven't tried it myself. But again, uh, if they can manage that, if they can pull it off, and if you get that genuine, direct feel of playing an amp in a room, then it's going to be a winner. What do you think about the price? This one is one thousand three hundred pounds, I think, in the article. So that's about fifteen hundred euros, maybe.
0: Yeah, that that's quite a lot to be honest. Because, I mean. We're still talking about the digital amp, but then again, four by 10 means that like four speakers just add to the price quite a bit already. Yeah, and I don't know, like, if I would need one of these, like, if I would get one of these, I would probably get like the deluxe reverb one or maybe a twin. Yeah, not this one. Um, man, yeah, I think, yeah, it's probably one of those amps where you need to go to the store first. You're going to try it, and then you might be like, "Man, I just need to get one of these," and then the price doesn't matter anymore because it's practical. But you still get like that amp. Yeah. It, like, what what do you think, think about like... the
1: people? What do you think about the people who are saying that for the same <laughs> price you could actually get the real tube thing? Especially if you went used.
0: Sure, you probably could, but you couldn't do the things. With those that you can do with this one with this one, like if you're gigging musician, you can have like you can use the speakers on the amp uh as your monitor, like you can place it like angle it towards your ears, place it somewhere like on a box or something like that, and use that for monitoring, but you can also se- send an xlr to the front of house and like you get the b- best of both worlds basically. Types yeah. of things that you cannot do with the old amp. uh I would guess this is a bit more worry-free as well. Like if it it's Fender, so it's probably well built. Like no need to worry about tubes or anything like that when you're geeking. And those are like really annoying. oh like th- those are something that you would actually worry about. Like if you're traveling a lot and you're loading up and unloading the gear and the tube sockets can break, the tubes themselves can break. If you live in a country like Finland, uh, where it's cold like <laughs> 70% of the year, uh, like when you unload something from a van or something, like everything is super cold, and then you need to wait a little bit before it warms up before you can actually like fire up them, and otherwise you're like in danger of breaking the tubes because yeah. of the temperature changes and stuff like that. This is just so much more worry-free compared to that one yeah many senses, definitely at least but
1: yeah i mean you t- you certainly don't have to worry about tubes breaking that's for sure i do wonder what it would be like if one of these amps were to break i mean i guess a local tech couldn't fix it in the same way that they could fix a tube amp but you know these amps they shouldn't be breaking and i guess you know fender has a decent warranty scheme so you would be able to get it swapped
0: out yeah most likely this looks yeah, so good
1: yeah it looks fantastic i really wish that well local dealers close to me have started to open up again so i can go back to music stores now but i don't know of any who have you know the complete tone Mm. master range i would really like to go and check the three out next to each other and experience the differences and hopefully also against one or two of the original tube amps
0: yeah true uh I need to see, like, there's, there is a local Fender dealer here. I just, like, last time I was there, I was just shopping for basses, so I completely forgot to check the amps. But this got me intrigued, like... There's also a thing, like, compared to a mod... Like, a modeling unit, like a Quad Cortex or Helix or anything like that, you get the physical amp, you get the looks and the vibe compared to those. And if if you just use one sound anyway this would be awesome
1: i would be interested also to take a pedal board there and <clears> do the the pedal test because yeah you know as you've said if they don't take pedals well then that's going to be a bit of an issue but you know generally for me fender amps are very good pedal platforms but because this is a mm. new thing a digital thing it might not Ah, uh, you know what the local fender dealer to me has both of the others in stock, I might have to get on the road and check those out. They have the uh Ooh. deluxe reverb and they have the twin as well. Interesting,
0: interesting. If you end up doing that, let us know. I'm really interested to hear, yeah, I will, how they fe- feel. But yeah, really, really cool release. Obviously, in Fender's own video, it sounded absolutely amazing, but then again, it's yep. Fender's own video. Uh looking forward to seeing some like more independent reviews because as I've, I've as I've mentioned like few of those have been a bit mixed i'm gonna say uh but yeah, moving on to the next thing, which is <laughs> obviously we gotta talk about John Mayer because why wouldn't we like yeah I mean like last last week cont- I think like we did like- and. That's true. We're contractually obligated to have at least like five minutes of John Mayer content per episode, but we can spread those out over the different episodes if we want to. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, John Mayer basically is saying that um, he doesn't really consider himself as a blues player. And yeah, uh, basically, there are a bunch of quotes on musicradar.com from an article. uh, They're actually quoting Guitar World's Cover feature or John Mayer, he, he talks about his like approach to soloing and how he would like to just let him himself go and just do whatever he wants to, but then like his ears and, and like producer ears, sort of speak, tell him to shut up and just play the notes that he needs to have in the song. And it was interesting because I feel like May, like I've seen and heard clips of John Mayer going absolutely crazy but like what I actually like about his playing the most is that he shows incredible amount of restraint yeah (laughs) and this is pretty much what he's talking about in this article so that's really yeah that that was an interesting thing to read about yeah I mean he's talking about
1: the importance of knowing when not to play which is for me even important. Than knowing when to play especially for me because i'm not very good at playing solos <laughs> so knowing when not to play is the most important thing but he's talking also <laughs> about writing solos that fit the piece of music you know and writing a solo that contributes to the song as a whole and isn't just an excuse for him to show off and i mean of course when you're playing live you can do that and people love it, and he's an amazing player. He can do that, but he yeah. feels like he has limitations. I really think it's good to read an article with a, with a player admitting to that kind of thing. It's not a weakness at all, you know, but he's just saying that he mm-hmm. has his limitations. And I would just contrast that, for example, with an article I read recently about uh, a certain Mr. Malmsteen who had <laughs> a very different <laughs> attitude about playing solos and how many notes you should play.
0: Yeah. They're kind of a, a very opposite side of the spectrum, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> almost, as, as, almost as much as you could be, basically. But then again, with Malmsteen, I've never felt it's been about the song as much as about... Like, people expect him to do that. And I guess you kind of got to give the people what they they want, maybe. Because, yeah, people expect him to do that with John Mayer. Not sure, maybe not. In the same sense, at least. That's a really good (laughs)
1: question. What do people expect from John Mayer these days? Yeah. When I first heard of him, it was when his, I guess, earliest albums were coming out. And the the (laughs) most famous song back then was Your Body is a Wonderland. And he's (laughs) evolved and changed so much since then. I'm wondering how he pleases all of his fans when he plays a show.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would say even a casual fan like or like if you're a fan of more more of his like pop stuff, when you see him live, for example, I think like a regular fan can also appreciate the occasional like guitar craziness. Like because it's such an apparent like skilled thing, like People, even if they don't understand, oh, he's playing a Mixolydian and kind of really highlighting that sharp five chord in the bridge or anything like that, like, they don't care about that. But (laughs) I think a casual fan can appreciate, uh, like, occasional shred as well. I'm guessing he's doing it a little bit live, but haven't seen him live, actually, so I wouldn't know.
1: Yeah, we need to get a John Mayer fan on to tell us a bit more about That's that. That's true. I know a Guillaume. few... Guillaume? Yeah, that was the first name that popped into my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going to do yeah. a John Mayer episode, get Guillaume on. Yeah, true. we can definitely get him on. <laughs> I actually should write that down before I forget again, so... Uh, yeah, you do the talking while I'll type this.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the rest of the article, what... is also talking about is the ear being boss and i like that very much as well it's all about him having a producer's hat on and listening to the music he's making and not just carrying on with the solo i find that a very refreshing way to look at playing lead guitar and i think he's also talking about you know like i said the importance of the song and the importance of melody as well Mm. i've been thinking about it quite a lot recently that most of my personal favorite guitar solos are ones that i can hum back melodic ones and they also often show quite a lot of restraint you know I don't know if you have a few favorite solos off the top of your head that you would list but for me it's always going to be one where I can picture it again in my head and it's not just a a face-melting flurry of notes I can imagine it I can even hum it or even sing it perhaps
0: yeah, that's the thing, like, even, now that you said, like, I started thinking of, my, like, some of my favorite solos. Uh, some of them do have, like, shreddy, shreddy parts, but then there's, like, even, like, in, like, a metal genre, there are some guitar players who can, like, combine that with crazy technique. Like, one of the first, like, few first few solos thought of were, first of all, there's a Dream Theater song, uh... What's it called? Oh, come on! I'm forgetting it right now. It's on the Scenes from Memory album. uh Spirit carries on. There's like a big outro solo. Jo- uh, John Petrucci, different John, <laughs> plays. And yeah, it's like it's very, very melodic. There's a little bit of shreddiness going on at the end, but it's beautiful. Then the other, ad- like the other solo I thought of, which is way more technically difficult. But still, like you could almost sing it is the Marty Friedman solo on like Tornado of Souls mm-hmm.
2: uh,
0: by Megadeth. Like that's very melodic, even though it's like very shreddy. Uh, but he's a tiny, tiny minority, I feel, who can combine those two elements. Like, yeah, there's so much feeling like the stuff he does with his bends and vibrato, like, uh, like kind of connects that solo emotionally to everything else that's happening in that song. And I think, I would say John May is really good in that. Like, he restrains himself, depending on the song he's doing, to, like, playing style that really kind of uplifts the song. It's not like he puts a solo just to have a solo. It's, like, definitely, like, part of the song and the kind of arc it's doing. And I can really appreciate that, even though he could shred... As much as he would love to. Or like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Future episode so. idea, our top guitar solos.
0: Mm, Write that down. Definitely.
1: Yeah, we should definitely do that. And I don't think yeah, there's going to be a John Mayer one on my lists. list.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we can start creating our own lists now. Uh, like, yeah, we could even, like, maybe, like, go as deep that we would actually, like, Listen to those solos. Because there might be some solos I haven't heard. And if we get demonetized for that episode, I don't care. That should be a fun one. But yeah, sorry, I took a sip of water. <laughs> Moving on to another guitar, a hero. Joe Banamasa says, or like has listed he his like top 10 guitar players that blew his mind. Uh, again, coming from the yep. music creator. And v- officially, the title is Joe Bonamassa, uh, the tin guitarist that blew my mind. And there's a fun little thing going on with the top three <laughs> because... <laughs> okay, actually, let's let's not spoil that just yet. Let's start with the first one. And number one is BB King. B. B. Not B. a big absolutely. surprise, no, knowing... The history between the two. Yep. So, if, actually, if you don't know, like, uh, Joe Bonamassa was, was what, 13 maybe? I'm going to say 13. Somehow he ended up playing with BB King, and I think BB King kind of took him under his belt at some point. Like, he would like actually have Joe Bonamassa play with him a lot. I might remember this story correctly.
1: I think you're right, yeah. I'm not hugely into the Bonamassa history, but I do remember <laughs> that when he was really, really young he ended up on stage with with BB King, yeah. Yeah. Which is not so. a bad way to start your journey and start learning, you know, the intricacies of mastering one note, which is of mm. course something that BB King did very, very well indeed. One yeah, of the best. Absolutely. He was the king of that, and you might say.
2: Yeah.
0: That was a really, Definitely. a really lazy joke. I apologize
1: to all (laughs) viewers.
0: Well, yeah, there's a bunch of King jokes for you to make uh, over the next few minutes because number two is Albert King. (laughs) So I got to say I'm way less familiar with Albert King's repertoire than BB King's.
1: Yeah, me too. And I think that Bonamassa has kind of listed them. In that mm. sort of a way as well, you know. I mean, the the one king that everybody thinks about is BB, but Albert King was also an incredibly skilled musician. You know, mm. listen to some of his stuff, and you can—I don't know—I think Bonamassa says it in the article as well. But he's one where he has a totally unique style where you can basically always tell that it's him playing the guitar, which is mm. quite rare. You know, when you when you hear a piece of music and you go, ah, that's that person. You don't yeah. often get to say that, and that's something that I think nope. Albert King
0: has. Yeah, uh, in the photo here, in the article, uh, he's actually playing a flying V, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, he did a lot of V playing Albert King, so yeah, he did things his own way.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Number three <laughs> is Freddie Qu- King. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I I'm even less familiar with his. Repertoire than Albert King. I think I've heard Albert King countless like many, many times. Freddie King, I'm not sure. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm not too familiar with him either, but another one in a similar kind of mold, I guess. And w- when you listen to Bonamass's playing, the playing from these three kings really sort of yeah. has influenced him over his decades of doing it as well. So there you go.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, three, uh, three love, good
1: choices, of course, but three like not surprising
0: choices when you consider that this is Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love this quote: <laughs> "Freddie was a scorpion; he would tear, tear your face off with treble and play with bad intentions." You know, <laughs> <laughs> him, BB, and Albert were the original masters. They don't call them the three kings for nothing. Ah, I see, I see what he oh, did there. There you go. Uh, yeah. He also mentions that, uh, but as a singer, Freddie was definitely the hardest out of the three to copy. Interesting. I kind of want to check these. Like, I I think I've listened to some of the Al- Albert King stuff. Freddie King. I kind of want to check him out. Uh, number four, Eric Clapton. Not a huge surprise. Yeah.
1: No, another one in that Bonamassa style. You know. eric clapton is old slow hand as they call him another (laughs) one of the the blues mastery a great great player yep
0: definitely and number five jeff beck this is actually a, a bit more like less apparent choice i would say
1: yeah, I mean, in terms of the way that Bonamassa <clears throat> plays, maybe you're right. Although, mm. you know, you'll see Jeff Beck in every one of the top ten lists of the best guitar players sure. because he's sensational. But yeah, he's a, a little bit further away from Bonamassa than the, the others in the list so far. But Jeff Beck is just amazing. An amazing player. Yeah,
0: yeah like, his stuff I've actually like, watched on YouTube. Like, a bunch of shows where it's like him, then the bassist title... Winkerfeld? How do you pronounce it? Yeah. Name? Like, that, then there's the drum, like, super, super well-known drummer, amazing drummer, whose name I'm also forgetting. Like, there's a quartet, basically, playing, and that stuff is pretty damn good. Or was it just three of them? Like, some of the live shows are absolutely amazing. Uh, I love Jeff Beck, even though I'm not familiar with all of his, like, repertoire. But, like, he's good. <laughs> he's that good that's the perfect th- conclusion to <laughs> Jeff Beck <laughs> wow that was a bad like, yeah Jeff Beck Two thousand thumbs blood rates uh, number six Roy Kula again not that familiar with his playing actually, Roy like, even is in the article player. there's like th- th- yeah there's like three sentences describing him uh, so what, what are we at, article by the way? Because it's just like just a few words about some of the guitar players.
1: Yeah, it's funny, so. isn't it? I wonder, like, you know, how they came up with it and how they came to Bonamaster and said, could you say, you know, one sentence about each of these 10 guys that you like? But, yeah. yeah, right. Rai Kuda is a very, very skilled player. And in particular, he's a very, very good slide guitar player. I'm more familiar with him because when he was still a teenager, Back in the Mm. mid-60s, he played on the first record by Captain Beefheart, who is one of my favorite artists ever, and he played Mm -hmm. on the slide guitar on that. Safe as Milk is the album, and you can hear it right (laughs) from the very first second of the record on the the song, Sure Enough, and Yes I Do, he's a wonderful player. I think he was 19 years old when he did that, and he kind of helped produce the record, and he kind of acted as a bit of a musical director, because Captain Beefheart himself didn't physically play any of the instruments except for the harmonica. And mm-hmm. ever since then he's just he's been a tower of slide guitar and he does a lot of other stuff as well. But for me, those early beef heart moments are yeah highlights in my musical collection still.
0: Interesting. Again, something yeah. I probably need to check out. Number seven, Eric Johnson. And yeah, I definitely hear Eric Johnson in Bonamas playing like all of those fast pentatonic runs. They both do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No surprises there.
0: No. And yeah, Eric Johnson is like, I don't know, if somebody would list like top seven guitar players ever, he would probably be on on that list. On most of those lists, I, w- I should say. Yep.
1: He wouldn't be on wouldn't my list. Out. Would? Wouldn't? Probably. No, it wouldn't. I don't think okay. any of the players on this list would be on my list yet. Because <laughs> it's so personal, you know? And I think we all like well, yeah, guitar definitely. for different reasons.
0: Yeah, I get that. Number eight is Rory Gallagher.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, interesting. Yeah, a great uh, many
1: famous Strat players on this Bonamassa list, yeah. which is interesting because, you know, Bonamassa himself is mostly known for playing old Les Pauls now.
0: Yep. True. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rory Gallagher was. Analytical. Yeah. An incredible,
1: strat player, an incredible, blues musician, and. Mm. You can see his yeah. famous strat there in, in the picture. For anyone not watching, it's a super relict guitar and. Mm it's been often copied since by other companies who make relic instruments and none of them look anywhere (laughs) near as cool as the original but i have no idea how he managed to get the guitar into that condition he must have stripped some some of the paint off it right
0: who knows i've heard like i think slash has mentioned that he like his sweat is such type that it just wears the guitars out like it just destroys the paint (laughs) on any guitar. <laughs> I've some actually heard that. that,
1: um, Jason Newstead, the bassist in Metallica for many years, he had, yeah, I don't know if he sweated very much compared to normal people, or if mm. he had a kind of almost a acidic quality to his sweat, but they used to have to sort of sweat proof the bases to stop them just kind of getting destroyed from that. Yeah. So maybe I it think is I've just,
0: heard, heard the same.
1: Yeah. The chemical yeah, I, consistencies of some of our sweat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think Slash is the same. Like, his guitars just wear out. Also, he's not That's treating w- them that kindly, I'd say.
1: No, no, I suppose he's not the case queen yeah. type person.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Number nine is Sonny Uh I wonder if I've actually heard Sonny play. I have pro- probably have, but...
1: Yeah, he's uh, another just- slide master and another strap player so a very interesting list from bonamassa now at this point sonny landreth is also i would say a bit of a left field choice in comparison to some of the others you know a lot of the other names on the list are kind of household names but i don't think many people who are not guitar players will know sonny landreth
0: yeah yeah me included like i'm familiar with the name but not his playing And the last one is Chris Whitley. Um, I have absolutely no idea who this is. I have to be honest. Yeah, I've
1: I've never heard of Chris Whitley either. Mm. I'm familiar with the name, but have never heard the records. And yeah, it's clear that Joe Bonamassa played some shows with him and and Chris died, Mm. unfortunately, way before his time and left a, a legacy of some records. And yeah, I think we should probably all check them out after listening to this because... You know, if he's made yep. Joe Bonamassa's top 10 list, he must be something special indeed. So, yeah. Overall, a Definitely. pretty cool list, I have to say, from Bonamassa. Yeah. You know, you, you start with the Three Kings, you have some of the titans of the of the scene, the Jeff Becks, the Eric Johnsons, and then you move down to some of these slightly left-field choices, as I said. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot from him. I like that Joe Bonamassa is such a student of the guitar and music and instruments as well. He He knows his stuff, and... Yeah, I respect definitely. him a lot for that. I don't really listen to his music much at all, if ever, but I respect the guy a lot. And his tasting yep. guitars is interesting. <laughs> Mostly very good. <laughs> and God knows where he yep. gets his money from, but what a collection. Yeah. Actually, I also wanted to bring this up, but do you feel that maybe five or ten years ago, Joe Bonamassa was the main thing? He was the guitarist numero uno, in you know, in forums, on internet discussions mm. and in magazines and stuff. I feel like he's been overtaken now by our previous person who we mentioned, John Mayer. I feel like John Mayer is now in that position of being the number one guitar player that we all sort of drool over.
0: Would you agree with that? Uh yeah, definitely. I think with Joe Bonamassa, like when like a bigger public started to notice him, it was like, oh cool, like both, like, he's using all of these vintage amps and guitars and stuff like that and, like, he's really, like, adding, like, a almost like a shred-type element to blues playing and stuff like that. Like, he's, as a player, he's incredible, obviously. So that's all well-deserved. But also, like, maybe at some point when you, people started to realize, like, he's kind of slightly similar to Ingwee when it comes to, like, collecting guitars and just having crazy amount of stuff and, like, it's not relatable anymore at some point when you have like that much gear and the skill level and also like, yeah, like I I feel there's very few things that are relatable (laughs) with him nowadays. And like, I, I guess like also like when it comes to records, I don't know if he's doing like stuff that much differently I I I haven't listened. Maybe his albums are completely different now, but yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely would say like John Mayer is taking over, <laughs> or has taken over. Yeah, he I has taken agree. over already. Yeah, and I. But I was also supposed like John Mayer is like one level up when it comes to like as how big of an artist he is. Maybe like two levels.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely crossed over into the pop realm as well. Yeah. You know, he has records that chart, I think, much higher in the mainstream charts. He's won Grammy Awards, if I'm right. And, yeah, he's younger, yeah. sexier.
2: <laughs> what, a, what a great guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And on that note... Let's do another list, because the lists are fun! We're going to dive into Music Radar's top 10 best... uh, or the best 10 new guitar amps in the world right now, as voted by you. Uh, Actually, this article is from December 27th, 2020, so last year's best amps. This year, year hasn't ended yet, so... It's not like you could vote the best amps of this year yet anyway. This is just for fun. And as the YouTube viewers can see, there's a rev as number one right away. And again, this is unlike the other lists we've done, which like the criteria seem to be very weird at some of those, like on some of those, these are actually voted by people. So, I think yeah, the readers of the
1: website more... and the magazines. But this is still a weird list, yeah. as we're going to find out as we go down it. I find it very <sighs> unusual. True. Well, you yeah. know, when you could have number voted one. for any amp in the world and you went for some of the choices on this list, it's, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Let's let's kick in with number one, which is the Rev G20, as you said.
0: There's a so slight, not slight, there's a huge recency bias with this one, I would say. Because that amp came out in 2020.
1: Yeah. It's funny as uh. well, I mean... I love Rev, I love their pedals, I love their amps. I might get one of their amps, probably the D20 over the G20, but mm. I still don't know anybody out there in the wild who's not connected to YouTube who owns a Rev amp,
2: you know? <laughs>
1: and again, this is yeah, nothing against all, but it's like, how can a Rev have been voted into number one in a poll when there are companies like Fender building amps, you know? I just, I, I don't get it. I mean, it's again further proof that Rev is building amazing amps, but I just don't get how they have that level of saturation that everyone knows about them.
0: I think they've. I would say they've used YouTube really well to promote themselves. Yeah, absolutely, they have. Uh, And that has kind of led to like, because people get a lot of their like uh, gear news, sort of speak, and and just like people learn about the new gear through YouTube. I think way more than anything else nowadays. And they have a very strong presence there. They're huge in metal community, especially. Yeah. And probably like if you are following any gear YouTubers, like guitar gear YouTubers, some of them definitely have a Rev amp, like I do. Though, even though I paid my own money to get that one, but yeah, it, it's um, maybe that's the online presence like. I'm going to say with G20, it's also, it, it's also probably like the thought of like the idea of that amp is such appealing to a lot of players that they're just going to vo- vote that amp. Not even that. Yeah, like, I don't think ev- every voter has that. Like everyone who voted for G20 have the amp, but just the idea that you can get like those famous rev tones in a, like a lunchbox amp and just run an XLR into your audio interface. That's has to be very appealing to a lot of people, yeah,
1: I think you're right. I think it has so many of those <coughs> things that modern players would want, and I'm guessing that yeah. next year or at the end of this year, when the same poll happens again, we might see some of the Fender tonemaster amps appearing in it because they're yeah doing a similar kind of thing. They're bringing Fender into the twenty first century and making them you know giving them that versatility, the usability, and the connectivity that Rev yep. has brought to smaller lunchbox. Metal amps. Yeah, so congratulations yeah. to Rev for being top of the list. <laughs> what a result. I mean, it's a huge surprise for me to see that.
0: Yeah, uh, like, when I started thinking about the list, like... Uh, I was thought like, if it had been Rev, I would probably have said D20 instead, because this is a, like... G20 is versatile, but there's a very strong metal focus with this amp. Yeah, and so. also, if
1: you were saying Rev, would you not have said the generator? Because yeah. that is a better amp than the D20 and the G20. I mean, except in it's the, also the like, cost and the weight stakes, I guess.
0: Yeah, that that's what so, I was about to say. Like the price, like the price of those and the size of those, kind of affects the uh, what's the word like desirability. In yeah. A sense?
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, wh- when an amp costs you know three thousand instead of one thousand, then. I think ninety nine percent of players are straight away out.
0: Yeah, that's like you kind of don't want to even dream about it. Like if somebody would ask, like, what's the best amp they'd not going to think about like that three thousand dollar amp that they haven't ever tried because it's very difficult to try out any, anyway, anyway. So yeah, interesting choice. I, I like I can see why that happened, but it's still interesting. And just one, before we get to two number results. two,
1: I would also say yeah. that I probably, I imagine that Music Radar, they make like a shortlist mm, when they ask people to vote be. for these amps. So it's not just like an empty field where they say, what's your favorite amp of 2020? They would say, what's your favorite amp? And there'd be like maybe 20 listed that were released that year. Mm. And there would be like an other box at the bottom. And probably the Rev yeah. G20 was one of the choices and the generator wasn't. And that's why the G20 was featured there just a guess
0: yeah yeah number two positive grid spark 40 and okay i gotta I got say this is even a weirder like result because uh what i know about the spark is like it launched sometime last year so 2020 and they had huge huge issues uh delivering those amps into people's hands to the point where like i remember seeing like angry posts and videos and stuff like that that the company just couldn't get them to people even though like there was like a pre-order list and stuff like that and people waited for months and months before they got those yeah but, there was a
1: massive crowdfunding campaign and people had paid months in advance and they weren't yeah. getting their amps but at the same time we were seeing amplifiers appearing with you know youtube channels people who had been sent the amps yeah. by positive grid to test them out but hadn't even bought the amps themselves so it it gave many people a, a negative opinion on this amp and this company i think it was a perhaps not the best way to run your your amplifier campaign
0: yeah so my, my guess with this vote is the fact, and actually the article says that it was just 31 votes short of sharing the top spot as the best amp. Yeah, my initial idea is, or like initial thought is that as with the Rev G20, the idea of this amp is very appealing. And not a lot of the voters actually had this available.
1: That's what I was going to say exactly what you said about the g20 the the concept and the idea behind the spark amps is amazing i mean i would love to have an amp that i can jam with in that way and that you know has all these different sounds built in and all these different options to play on my own and yeah just to have drums and bass intelligently appear with me and just create songs on the fly just the idea Mm -hmm. of having that if it works is amazing but yeah sadly the reality and the rollout of the amp wasn't on the same level But yeah, number two in that list, again, for me, a huge surprise. Huge. Yeah, definitely. Because this this amp as well, can you even get the Spark in real stores? Uh, Do do any dealers actually sell that amp? I don't think so. I think it's an online only, Uh pretty much.
0: Yeah, I think so. Number three is also very weird. (laughs) Fender Mustang LT25. Like... A little praxis amp.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's great for what it is, but
0: Yeah again, yeah. This kind of kinda mystified
1: yeah. as to why this got number three on the list. Who voted for this? <laughs> Show me yeah. the list of names. Yeah, I mean if if there was a list of, you know, ten or twenty amps and yeah. you were to ask people what's the best amp in the world? I just can't imagine anyone clicking that. And saying that the, the Fender Mustang LT25 is the best it's amp in the three. world. <laughs> Even if you own it, you know, surely you aspire to get something better later. I don't know.
0: Yeah, the, the, maybe this list was like uh, manufactured from like the amps released that year. I don't think yeah. they mentioned that in the criteria. Or did they? Uh, no, they don't. Just. Best guitar amplifiers in the world right now. Yeah, which I
1: assume is only gonna be new amps, but
0: yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's why
1: that fender over all the other fenders? Well, <laughs> it would be really interesting to find
0: out how they yeah, I, ha- I how mean, they it's got that result. Good, good, yeah, it's probably a good practice amp, but what?
1: Oh the fender Mustangs what? are great. I mean I've played them and the newer yeah. versions are really, really good, especially for clean stuff, but
0: Number three uh, on the list, I don't know. And then number four is all of a sudden Fender '64 Custom Princeton re- <laughs> Princeton Reverb. Yeah, and this is like this is the tube version of the amp.
1: Yeah, yeah. this is the the full hand-wired on, 64. full fat thing, a hand fu- hand wired '64 reissue. That's like, the kind okay, of thing this- that I imagine everyone who buys the Mustang wants to aspire to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, an amazing amplifier. I, I love the Princeton sound. Uh, my, yeah. my my colleague and friend Thomas Blue has an old Princeton that is in the Blue Guitar Studio, and that amp just Ooh. sounds amazing <laughs> with a bit of reverb through his sixty-one Strat, and obviously his fingers they help a bit. But yeah, an yeah, amazing sure. sounding amplifier. Yeah,
0: yeah, nice. But I again, the Fender
1: Princeton mm-hmm. is that? I don't know. The, what about the twin, the deluxe reverb, and other more well known, well used Fender amps? Why are they not on the list?
0: Yeah, I'm starting to these yeah all of these seem to be amps released that year. Yeah. Otherwise, this wouldn't make any sense. I'm going to say. Because number five is Orange Terror Stamp. So the ter- <laughs> <laughs> What? Surely that was released my before my...
1: 2020.
0: Uh, no it was really? 2020 yeah
1: no way I actually still wow. have my
0: terra stamp that i haven't been plugged i haven't been able to plug it in because i don't have a power supply for it and haven't been able to <laughs> find a power supply for it let me get oh, it just, really it, just a second can it t- can it not take a normal like pedal power
1: supply ah dc 15 volts two amps uh-huh. yeah that's that's uh. the
0: issue with this one like okay Interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, I have just checked and that
0: came out at NAM 2020. So, it, yeah, it makes Yeah, the there's a video list. on my channel where yeah, where we would try this out. Like, I'd love to be able to plug this in, but it, I haven't been like super mega active trying to like find a power supply for it. I actually like thought I found a uh, a power supply that could run this, but then the input was kind of reverse of what this is. So, uh, I'm yet to find a power supply. That's gonna actually run this, which sucks. Can't you just cause
1: can't you just call your friends at Orange and get them to send you a power supply?
0: Uh, we've tried. I think I need to do that again. I would love to be able to run it. Uh, how does this work? Like this? Yeah, because I bet this thing sounds killer. I've had the because this is based on the term, is it called Mini Terror or something like that? like the smallest one? Actually, like There's the a video tiny terror. comparison, bit yeah, Tiny Terror that. Uh, and the Joyo Meteor, which also goes for very similar sound, like that comparison video, on my ch- a really old video, it's like top three or four most popular videos on my yeah. channel. So people are interested in these kind of things. Yeah, definitely. But, but again, number five, uh, I don't know, maybe. It's a fun one It's and, another interesting sure. choice for me as is number 6 number Number 6 is the Harley Benton Mighty 15 which is just like a simple single channel amp 15 watts few EL84s two excuse me two AX7s in the preamp sure why not (laughs) that's going to be my reply to all of this sure why not I've kind of given up on this, like, music radar lists now. They're, like, entertaining, but what? Yeah, but don't forget, they
1: didn't make this list. The people who read Music Radar and all the future publishing magazines made this list. I'm amazed to see Harley Benton on a, a top 10 amplifiers list.
2: Yeah, And I'm also a
1: a little bit frightened for other brands who make amplifiers because once Harley Benton starts making inroads into the amp world, you know, for the prices that they can bring out a full tube amp Mm. like this one is £211, so, you know, $300, 300 €300 tops, that's incredible value for money. And if it is good, again, I've not played this one, then other brands can start to get a little bit worried about things. But yeah, I mean, who's really voting for this as the best amp in the world?
0: (laughs) Number six on the list. (laughs) I mean... mean, Oh, come on. Yeah.
1: No, I'm not even trying to be stupid or stirring up anything. It it just just seems like in what context would you vote for this amplifier as being the best in the world? If anyone has this amp or if anyone watching this voted that... Write it in the comments, it would be really interesting, I think, for us to find out your decisions and why you chose to do that. And I don't mean that, you know, in a condescending way or anything, it would be genuinely interesting for us and we could possibly even discuss that next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, my guess is that a it's just Amps released in 2020. I don't know if this was actually released in 2020. Feels like it's an older product, but I might be wrong. I've when seen a couple of so fairly far recent
1: <laughs> videos of it. Yeah, I mean, time has been so different since March last year, you know. Since the whole COVID thing happened, we've kind of lived in a bit of a groundhog day sort of a situation, and True. I've really lost track of what came out this year, what was last year. Yeah, yeah bizarre times, but...
0: It's there, number six. Number seven is the victory for Duchess Head. What? There's a type before the Duchess's head. But is that's not a head, that's the preamp. What? Yeah, what? I think they've just got the wrong Can I check this video over here, but what? They're definitely oh, no, playing they're... the pedal preamp.
1: Yeah, they've they've mixed it up a little bit there because they're writing about the Duchess head. Actually, the text yeah. is about the um, the the pedal <laughs> uh, preamp and power amp version. So the floor
0: amp version. I must say this tells all we need to know about like the amount of like effort they put <laughs> into this list. Like nobody even proof read this. Seems. It doesn't look like it. Uh, Unless we're getting it wrong, yeah.
1: but I don't think we're getting it wrong. It it looks like.
0: That's that's a V4 preamp, definitely.
1: Can you click the link in the article? Yeah. Where is it going to take us to? Uh, Rabia Massad.
0: It's just called Duchess. Just shows all the videos Ah, on this thing. Well, anyway, I
1: mean, you know, the Duchess is one of Victory's most well-known amps, it's going to give amazing clean tones and I think a lot more than that. Yeah. I've not played this one. I've not played any of the pedal-based Victory amps, so I'm unfamiliar with them, but they have a great reputation. Again, like Rev, they have a super strong YouTube presence. You know, online is where they've built their brand exclusively pretty much.
0: Have you played the Victory Heads? Yes. Like any of them? Which one was it?
1: It was quite some time ago. I would the one I'd really like to try and haven't is the Kraken, the Rabia, one. Ooh, what was the one that I played?
0: I can't remember. That just a sheriff. Uh, I think it was a sheriff. So like a Marshall-ish thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah and that's I liked the one it, I had. but I thought. Yeah, I liked it, but I felt like it was quite. Quite dark sounding for me. I like a lot of top end, a very bright tone, and it was not really
0: quite my
1: sort of a thing, but they're, yeah. they're nice. I actually amplifiers. have to agree.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. Like It was darker than I would have expected. Yeah. But yeah, a Victory V4 Dutch's uh, preamp, not the head, as the article says. Number eight, Cornell yeah. e- Explorer 10 head. Okay. I am very unfamiliar with cornell amps
1: yeah cornell is another you know a small builder especially in comparison to all the others on the list and it's it's also not a cheap builder you know these are expensive Mm. amplifiers and i'm not familiar with the explorer 10 head it's probably a beautiful sounding amp but what's it doing in this top 10 i wonder how many people (laughs) own this amp who who took part in the vote. I also wonder, yeah. like, you know, when Cornell saw that they were up for the vote, they put it out on their social media and said to everybody, please mm. vote for our amplifier right now so we can get in the top 10. And here they are. Yeah. And yeah, this is an amp that I'd really like to try. I've heard a lot of good What's stuff about cool? Cornell. I've I've never seen one in person. For some reason, I've never visited them on a Nam show or anything like that. And I should probably mm. do that next time I get the opportunity. Yeah. This one apparently... Plays Vox off against Fender Tweed vibes, and is very versatile. So,
0: all sounds good to Interesting. me. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Number nine is using getting a Black Spirit two hundred floor amp version, and something that I'm also noticing like is Music Radar like a British thing because all of the videos seems to be like very British, like. British YouTubers, Rabia, there was some others as well. Guitarist yeah, magazine, music, music Radar like. is
1: a UK one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so Music Radar was well. originally just the online portal for future publishing in the UK, which was Total mm. Guitar Magazine, Guitarist Magazine, and Guitar Techniques Magazine. And they have other kind of styles of music too, like um, they had uh, Music Tech, for example, for production, that kind of thing, and other other mags as well. But in the last few years they were kind of bought out and kind of merged together with magazines like Guitar World in America. So it's all kind of under one banner now, the future stuff. Mm. But I think most of the people working on the Music Radar website are still UK based.
0: Yeah. So checking, like, the next one is the Houston Getnet Black Spirit Two 200- Hundred. Floor amp, and they're linking to Rabia's uh, head demo. I mean, technically they're (laughs) almost the same product, but yeah, it's basically the same
1: amp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the 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 floor amp is a great amp. Yeah, it has the same great things about it as the Black Spirit 200 head and combo, and it has the same, you know, negative points as they have as well. This is one which I'm not surprised to see on the top 10 list at all, because you know. I did great marketing campaigns for the amp. <laughs> no, no, but it's um, it's also in in the same vein as the Fender Mustang. It's an incredible, incredibly versatile amplifier. It's loud enough to gig with. It does pretty much everything. It's a really good amp. Yeah, for me, for me personally, I didn't like the floor as much as I liked the head and the combo, but that was just a, a personal taste thing. It, it even had a couple of extra features that the combo and the head didn't have, but. Yeah. I just never got on with it in the same way.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I actually really liked the head. It just sounded good. It was super practical. Uh, I managed to do like a big Christmas production show with it, and the fact that I pretty much could get all of the sounds I wanted just from the amp was really cool. Just had had like a nice MIDI controller with it, and I was good to go. Didn't you do
1: a video so, where you? you had like a pedal board and you tried to showcase, you know, the versatility of the pedal board <coughs> versus the versatility of just the amplifier. Was that you? Uh,
0: the, I think it was you. Yeah, but that was with Grandmaster Deluxe 40. Ah, okay. Just no, getting the h not, not the Black I'm Spirit up, one. I think yeah. uh, when we did that one, I don't think the Black Spirit was out yet. I'm going to say. Ah,
1: okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, the Black Spirit is you know, even more versatile than the Grammeister as well. Yeah. I still use the head on basically all my YouTube videos. It's a great yeah. great amp, but it's it has the same versatility and connectivity, you know, XLRs, you know, the red box built in that amps like the Rev have. So it's a really, really cool amp. And the the big advantage of the floor, of course, is that you've got a MIDI controller built into it. So you don't need to buy a yeah. controller to take advantage of saving presets or anything like that. Mm.
0: Solid choice, yeah. solid choice, and number ten is Victory VC thirty-five the Copper, which I think that's Victory's take on like the Vox sound. I think British El eighty-four chime. Yeah, exactly, and yep. I
1: believe that Danish Pete mm-hmm. from Anderton's had a hand in
0: helping to design the Copper. Ah, that's true. Yeah, so I would say like I, I yeah. I love the idea of a Vox-style amp in a head. Yeah, I really, really like that. And especially if you like paired it with like cab simulation, you can run it as an like Vox amp into like a Vox cabinet type of thing, or you could experiment and run it into like a four by twelve Mesa cap and see what you can do with that. Uh, that's really cool. I like the idea of this amp a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Why not? This is definitely a Victory amp that I would like to try out as well. Again, I've never seen one in person. And yeah, congratulations to Victory for getting two amplifiers into the top 10, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, them and Fender, they were the brands who managed to do that. So that's pretty good on their
0: part. That's true. But overall, Uh, if
1: you analyze the list after looking at this 10 okay if we imagine that they were all released in 2020 and if that was you know a requirement for this list then yeah but otherwise it's uh it's a very interesting list
0: yeah the thing is like they're definitely going for some clickbait with uh, the 10 best guitar amps in the world right now uh yeah maybe not like i don't know maybe we need to do our top 10 lists like the amp like our most desirable amps or something like that.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the other thing could be is just that we're really out of touch with what the average guitar player wants because, mm-hmm. you know, you're also someone who lives in this online world. You're a professional I don't know, what's the word? YouTube guy. or <laughs> Something like this, you know. <laughs> and um online personality. You, you come from totally different perspectives from, you know, the average amateur hobby guitarist or whatever. And sure, for me as well, absolutely. working in the amplifier industry for the past 10 years or whatever, it's, it gives you a totally different mindset about approaching amplifiers and what you think is best. you know. And often I find that me personally and other people who work in the amp industry, we're actually really closed off from what some of the public think which is a bad thing, because obviously we should be listening to what people like. And I should probably print off this list and take it into Blue Guitar next week and say, hey guys, (laughs) Iridium wasn't on the list, but guess what was number one? And, you know, we can then start thinking about what people who read Music Radar actually like. It's a thing that a lot of companies in, in every industry, but in particular, I think the music industry don't take into account that much. It's like... You know, Mm -hmm. we have engineers, we have these amazing creative minds who are designing amazing products, but often I felt that things are getting designed for us, and it's kind of at the last minute where we think, hang on a sec, would the guys out there in the real world actually like this? And then you're like, well, whatever, we've got this product now, marketing team, work out how to market it to the public, which is kind of a a backwards (laughs) way of doing it, but that, that sometimes can happen, so...
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know true. where I'm
1: going with this point, really, but we should make our own top ten lists. That's that's the ultimate conclusion yes. from this. And so uh, should everybody we'll else watching the show, by the way.
0: I'm gonna I'm actually going to call this a list our top ten dream amps. So like, uh, in the world right, right now, ever, that, yeah, in the world. I think I kind of know
1: what my number one sort of dream amp to own is, but it's not a realistic
0: amplifier. I'm going to say I have one or two on the list right away. Like, Yeah. I think that should be a fun list where we'll just throw out all of the practical stuff, like whether the amp is big, whether it needs a lot of service to maintain, all those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, we we might start including this into like as a segment in the show as well. Maybe that that's the way. Like not, not maybe like a dedicated episode, but like a segment. I don't know. Why are we designing? Like why are we playing the show while recording the show? On the show, it's this... kind of pointless, isn't it?
2: But yeah,
0: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we could do this on offline, but it is what it is, or something like that. I don't know where I'm going with this one either. Uh, yeah a lot of fun things we covered uh thank you rich again for joining and as always uh links below in the description to all the articles we mentioned here stuff like that if you want to support what we do there's a songwriting course for example you can get uh there's affiliate links available to the thorman store stuff like that maybe one day we'll have cat pick fridays merch but today unfortunately isn't that day yet at least so will keep on waiting or something like that. <laughs> I get absolutely no idea where I'm going with this. Thank you so much for watching and listening and as our signature greeting goes bye podcast. Bye podcast.